If you have any topic suggestions that you'd like to hear more about or questions that you're hoping that we could maybe address on a future podcast, you can click the Get in Touch box right on our website at ktsmoneymatters.com. And the Hardworking Woman's Guide to Money, available either on our website, KT's Money Matters, or on Amazon. Or of course, you can find our link in the show notes. Working with your investments, retirement, insurance, estate or tax planning, or just dealing with everyday expenses, your money matters. Let KT Thomas help you make the most of it. This is KT's Money Matters. Hey, everybody, and welcome back. It's KT at KT's Money Matters, coming to you with your tips and quips and ideas about making money, saving money, growing money, investing money, spending money. And today we are going to talk about people that want to get some money from the government. Most importantly, students. I don't know, many of you might remember that during the Obama administration, they came out with a variety of different programs around ways that you could work in the public service sector and perhaps get some financial money back toward the financial burden that you took up getting, getting to college. And so I hear stories all the time about, oh, it never really worked out the way they thought or they didn't get as much money as they thought. And then recently there was an article in the Wall Street Journal looking at a couple of different students who completely misunderstood how they filed. And basically, this has become so rampant that there was a bill approved through Congress to streamline this for people so that people that weren't eligible before might be able to get some eligibility because many people across America have gone into these occupations, like our, like our guest today, talking about at-risk school districts where they will give you some loan forgiveness if you go to work in a district that maybe isn't maybe your first choice as a way to increase good teachers going to rougher school districts. And so we're going to talk about the program, how it works, how it doesn't work. And we're going to talk to Ashley McLaughlin about her personal experiences about how that works. So all that and more after the break. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Thanks for holding on through the break. I want to welcome Ashley McLaughlin to be on our show today. Ashley, thanks and welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So I'm going to first thing I'm going to do is confess that you and I have known each other for, you know, a really long time. Yes. Yeah. So one of the things is that sometimes people make decisions to go off and do things financially. And I'm kind of always curious about how they work. And one of the things that I remember about your story was that you came out of college and it was 2007 or eight, but kind of right into the financial disaster timeframe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In 2009. And yeah. 2009. And so, I mean, we all remember what 2009 felt like no jobs. And so the idea to go take a job in an at-risk school, school district as a way to help, first of all, start your resume. And second of all, get some dollars towards paying off your own tuition, your own student loan debt, seemed like a really good idea at the time. Can you explain what it was that you were doing and how you thought it would work? Yeah. So I worked in a elementary school that had a very high English language learning population and a very high free and reduced lunch population. The kids, a lot of them were not even speaking English when they went home to their families. And I taught second grade. And I had seen that you could get loan forgiveness for working in a lower income 
high need school. And I saw that you could get up to $17,500 of your loans forgiven. I was like, oh, great. Decided to continue down that path. You know, the years were very challenging. So every year I kept going, do I want to keep doing this? Do I want to go somewhere else? Okay, but the money I'm going to get back and then I can move on. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the trick. You know, you get in, you say, I'm just going to stick with this. You know, I've had a friend of mine that's in the nonprofit world and she tells me that in order for her to get loan forgiveness at the level that she wants, she's going to be a nonprofit for 10 years. And Mm -hmm. she's probably three or four years into it. She's very sure she understands how the program works, which is what I always hear from people is they're very sure about how they're going to get their money back. And then as they get two, three years into the program, they start to figure out that it's really not what they thought and they're not getting as much money back as they thought. So what was the first hint that you had that this wasn't going to pan out as you'd hoped? Well, so as I started, as you said, a couple years into it, you start delving into it and getting more of the information. And I found out that it was either $5,000 for five years or $17,000 for five years. Wow. And to get, (laughs) yeah, to get the $17,000, it was actually like very specific subjects in secondary or if you were in elementary, it was only if you were a special education teacher. Other than that, it was $5,000 if your school was like on this list that qualified. That's a big swing. The difference between $17,500 and $5,000, needless to say, I don't need a calculator. That's a lot of money. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. So for those of you who are out there teaching, you know, you got their very special criteria that determine how much money. So five years, $5,000 is what it ultimately turned out to be. And so for you, that's about $1,000 a year. Yes. Now, if you left after four years, you got zero though. Right. So you only so get when you really 000. start looking into those details, yeah. you're already too far in. You're like, well, it's one more year or whatever. I got to push through. Right. Because otherwise it's lose it all. Yes. Wow. So one of the things that I found out when I was doing a little research for this topic, Ashley, was... They also have this thing about what money they'll apply loans to that, you know, people that had, you know, the subsidized versus the unsubsidized loan may or may not actually get even the $5,000, depending upon whether or not they'd restructured their loans or whether or not it was Perkins or subsidized. And did any of that affect you or were you still able to get the big 5,000? I was still able to get it, luckily. I do have friends that were unable to get it for that reason. And even through all my research that I had done, I hadn't really even come across that being an issue. And neither had some of my friends until they filled out all the application paperwork and then were denied because of that. So I always think about this as like, this is one more way that we screwed your generation. I, for one, will say, I am sorry to all of your generation who basically went back to school, spent more money, went out on a limb, then took a low-paying job in a higher-risk area because they thought they were going to get some aid only to find out they weren't even going to get that. And they really could have just made a little bit more money in a better school system or had a lower commute or a bigger quality of life because $1,000 a year in today's world is actually not a lot of money. Right. So one of the things that you and I were talking about when we were doing the interview for this school was, you know, the idea of whether or not some school districts pay more than others. And this is very, you know, this is kind of a regional conversation, right? So it really depends upon where you live. And in your region, all the districts have the same pay rate. So for you, what it would have been is maybe 
classroom experience, let's not water that down, classroom experience and commute. You could have probably saved at least a half an hour each way a day being closer to home than driving to a school system that allowed you to get that credit. So when you're thinking about this, you want to think about like all the financial pieces of it. It's not, will I get a little bit more money later on, but it's how much money will I get? How long will I have to do it for? And then is that money enough to justify the amount of time I spend in my car? You were teaching second grade, I think you said to me when you were in the in the program. And now you're actually, you are a special ed teacher in your new right. school district. And that's actually something I always wanted to get into. So then like thinking back, like had I had all this information, I may have gotten my education in special education from the very start instead of then going back and getting my master's in special education and then spending more money and ending up where I would have been anyway, but not getting as much forgiveness for it. Now, were you able to get any financial help on your master's in special education or did you have to pay for all of that too? No, I paid for all of that. (laughs) Okay, let's uh, summarize here. We don't get paid to go to school. We don't get forgiveness when we go work in the school district and then we still have to pay for our advanced degree all for an income where, you know, we all know that's, that teachers do the good work but don't necessarily get the good pay. Some of this seems really unfair. So you had a child after the five-year period, am I right? Yes. Okay. But if you had had a child during the five-year period and had taken a semester of maternity leave for which you would have been entitled, that would have actually jeopardized your ability to get the five-year money. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yeah. I actually had somebody had a had a conversation with somebody where that happened that because she'd had a she'd had a semester of maternity leave, it was uninterrupted service toward her clock. Um like really there are a lot of, there are so many bad ways with which you don't get paid that you know 2 years ago Congress came out with a plan to streamline the application process because they have something like 98% of all applications are denied which I find to be fascinating that they have this pool of money set aside to help students that have gone into these areas of occupation that really need quality, talented people. And then they apply for this reimbursement and then they can't get it 98% of the time. So one of the things that happens is if you have an interrupt, interruption of service for, let's say, I don't know, you have a baby and you're out of school for maybe a semester, that that interruption in service means that you don't have the continuous five-year service required, and that's actually a reason to get rejected. Which I personally found to be like crazy. So young, working female professionals, and although there are plenty of male teachers, let's face it, it's still fairly dominated by females. You know, there can be a lot of babies in those years. You're out of college, you're working, maybe you're married like you are. And all of a sudden, you're just going along. You take maternity leave like you think it's just an ordinary thing and there shouldn't be any problem with it. And then they're using that as a reason not to actually give you the money. So I want to have some, you know, buyer beware ideas for people, Ashley. What are the things that you wish you knew before you made the decision? I wish I had known the specifics about what qualified for the maximum loan forgiveness and where everything else fell. I wish that people knew specifically which types of loans qualified and which types of loans didn't qualify. And based on the information you just gave me, I guess it's also important to know that you can't really have breaks. Yeah. And five years is a long time at this age in your life. 
to say, well, we're going to wait for our to start our family till after I get this five thousand dollars from the government. All right. You know, so I just think, you know, as you think about this and you're out there and you're thinking about going into the workforce, you're thinking about looking at different jobs and opportunities to get a little bit of this money back. You know, I know my niece, I always talk about her sometimes on the podcast, how she's gone into the National Guard because after six years in the National Guard, they'll actually pay off quite a bit of her loans and, and also pay for her master's degree. But then again, you know, she has to be willing to carry around a gun and wear a lot of green. So, I mean, it's not the answer for everybody, but it was the answer for her because financially, she'd be a long time at her income ever getting to the other side of paying it off. And so this was a good fit for her. But again, they're not sliding this free money out. You really have to make some kind of a big commitment of both time and energy to get a significant amount of forgiveness. So maybe we would just be better off to go look for money. You know, if we go get a job in a, higher earning area or at a higher earning district, and we use that money to pay off our loans quicker, would we be better off? And frankly, in a lot of cases, they actually would be. Now, that's not always true if you decide that you're going to look at the nonprofit sector, because let's face it, part of the reason why you're in the nonprofit sector or in the educational system is because you're trying to do good. And the people that are really trying to do good don't always get paid really well for the good that they do. And that's part of the trade-off. And I think people go into it Understanding that that's part of the trade-off, but when you think you're going to get a lift and then you don't get it or you get significantly less than you thought, it really feels like a takeaway, like that they might as well have not given you anything because they got you to do something you otherwise wouldn't have done. And you know me, I personally hate the bait and switch. The worst part is, you know, Ashley, I spent a lot of time Googling the internet and trying to figure out what actually works and what actually doesn't work. And I got to tell you, even today, so what's it been six or seven years since you've been in the workforce? It's still not good. Mm -hmm. It's not like you could figure it out today. So right. for me, I think this comes under the category of buyer beware. If you're thinking about going into this kind of an arrangement with the government, it's really important to get all of your questions answered before you say yes to the job. And after going through it, it kind of seems like it's almost something you need to like hire somebody else for to like look at all the little details and say, yes, this works for you. No, it doesn't work for you. And it doesn't seem like something you should have to hire someone to read through for you. Yeah. And the worst part is there isn't anybody you hire to read through. That's, I mean, you know, I've been doing financial advice my whole life and I got to tell you that I've never had anybody say to me, will this work for me or how does this work? And part of it is because it's convoluted. And nobody really knows how it works. Everybody knows that there's an opportunity, but nobody's actually sure how to get it. And frankly, given the fact that they deny 98% of the applications, I'm not sure they know. And that was probably a mean thing to say about our government. But anyway, here's what I think. If you're going to be a teacher, you're going to work in community organization, you're going to work in the nonprofit world, you're going to sign up for the military, you really need to understand financially how this works and how what you've done already might compromise what it is you think you're getting from them. Now, I know you're on to this great school district and you're working in special ed and you've finished your master's degree and you've had your daughter, so you're working, you're running along with your life and it's going great 10 years later. However, for mm -hmm. those of you that aren't there yet, listen to Ashley and think about really making sure that you understand how this all works before you get into it. Ashley, any parting words for our listeners? Um, the other thing, which was more so like you mentioned, like the salary wasn't too big of a difference for me because where I live, like in one school district, you can have 
a really high school with supportive parents and all of that. And then you can have those higher need schools also. So another aspect that really went into play for me each year as I was like, am I going to keep trudging along on this or am I going to move on? Was just like the mental well-being aspect of it because of the toll that it just takes on you mentally and emotionally working in those schools where you don't necessarily get the parent support and it's harder for the kids to make progress because of all that they're doing. The parents are working three jobs and are never home. Like it's just a lot for the teacher to handle. So that was like the more trying aspect was the mental and emotional toll that that kind of situation played on you. God, I can imagine. And so, you know, I think you really have to think about all the aspects and everything they're asking from you for what they're compensating you for. Yes. Ashley, thank you so much for visiting with us today. I really appreciate you being willing to share your story. For those of you out there, any of you that have good stories about financial situations that have worked that you're really excited about or things that you thought would work that haven't worked the way you thought. You know, I am always looking for interesting guests to be on the show. You can reach us through ktsmoneymatters.com and I'll be happy to reach back. So until we speak again. Thanks for listening to KT's Money Matters with KT Thomas. For more information, past episodes and show notes, go to www.ktsmoneymatterspodcast.com. Make sure you subscribe and recommend it at iTunes, Overcast, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.